you didn't know, your ass better call somebody. boys and girls, children of all ages, the Redhead Zone proudly brings to you the New Age Footballers. I'm the pigskin sleaze J. That's the gridiron G. Dustin, he's got his new mic. And now for the dozens and dozens of the New Age Footballer fans out there, welcome to the Redhead Zone. Welcome, Dustin. We have more fans from Germany. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I it's I think really we, cool. I think I we mean, got some followers on Instagram from Germany now. Maybe at New Age Footballers on Instagram. Get on it at NA Footballers on Twitter. Get on this train now. We're leaving the station. Got the red bullet in the redhead zone. <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty good. I should have gotten the red mic. He's he's got his uh, really oversized. Red Mike with his Hulkamania shirt in red. I mean, you really went all out on the matchy-matchy. Good for you. Um, well, what do we got as far as headlines that we should talk about here? Headline, I had something new from Taco Bell. I'm really pumped about it. I had the potato taco because I just needed a little something-something. It's, you know, I'm, I'm in a bad way now. I mean, it's not a bad way, Taco Bell. It's a good way. But, uh, you know, my wife's pregnant, and next to the hospital is Taco Bell. And we're going in there like every week at this point. I'm just I'm having Taco Bell every week, man. Taco Bell, where you at? Sponsor me. I feel like that uh, potato taco retired more times than Brett Favre did, <laughs> and came back more times. There you go. Back. Yeah, man. Maybe it'll uh, go host Jeopardy now if it doesn't want to be on the menu for a while. It's too bad the Jets didn't sign the potato taco to play quarterback. <laughs> Brett, you know, Brett Favre was really good that year before he got hurt. He got Eric Mangini fired, though. He ended his career in Minnesota, right? I forget. Um, like, yeah, yeah. After the Jets, he went to Minnesota, and he had a good year in Minnesota. And then his second year, he was he finally missed a game. And, uh, you know. That pick to lose to go to the Super Bowl against the Saints. Right. His, his arm was dead at that point. Uh, man, Brett Favre missed that dude. Massage parlors don't. Okay. Sorry, he did that while he was with the Jets. Everyone messes up when they're with the Jets. Uh, let's talk headlines here, shall we? Uh, this is breaking news. This is just from a few moments ago from when we were recording this. It's looking more and more likely that Ertz is going to, Zach Ertz, tight end for the Eagles, is going to be dealt to the only New York team, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, I personally am not surprised. We both said on numerous episodes he was not going to be on the Eagles. He's a great fit with the Bills and what they're trying to do there. Did they release the compensation that's going to be? No, not yet. It's it's just like it's that first word out that it's actually going to happen. And then I'm sure once that word's out, I'd actually be surprised if it's not breaking tomorrow because I feel like once this word gets out, it happens quickly at this point. Just another weapon for Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. MVP. I should have put money on him before this trade. Yeah, well, the thing is with Zach Ertz, as we touched on, I mean, his best days are definitely behind him. 
So I'm curious to see what they gave up to get him. I was also a fan of Dawson Knox, but I guess uh, they don't like him. They don't really like him too much. No, he's not the athlete they want there. Listen, I agree that Ertz is not what he used to be. But you know what? When Ertz was what he used to be on the Eagles, he was really their number one receiver. He does not have to do that here. Obviously, Stephon Diggs is a monster. You got Emmanuel Sanders. Let's see what he brings. You got, you know, Gabriel Davis coming up into his second year. You got weapons there. So, you know, I I think uh, at best he's a second option, and he might even be a third option in the middle of that field. I I love the fit. I love what the Bills are Don't expect the – 100-catch season from him, though. I, I don't see that. No, definitely not. Probably more in, like, the 50 to 70 range, but but that would be great. Uh, Ryan Ramzik today, Saints right tackle, got a five-year deal, 96 mil. He is now the highest-paid right tackle. Great player. I got nothing more to say there. Good job, Saints, locking up your youth. Well-deserved. Since he's came into the league, he's hit the ground running, and he's gotten better and better. Uh, they probably have the best left and right tackle duo in the NFL between him and Armstead on the left side. Right tackles finally getting, you know, paid what they deserve. Uh, there was a study that right tackles should be paid just as well as left tackles. If you look at the numbers and the pressures that are allowed from each side. It's pretty interesting. I forget what article it was, but it's nice. It's pretty to interesting. See, it's nice to see right tackles getting the respect that they deserve, uh, salary-wise. And Ryan Ramczyk is definitely probably the best right tackle in football, I'd say. Well, when you say the best pair of left tackles and right tackles, I got to say, man, give me a year here because we got Mikai Becton on the left and the newly signed Morgan Moses, right tackle formerly from the Washington football team on the right. That's a pretty good duo, so I'm pumped about that. Yeah, that that's breaking news, too. That's a huge uh, get for the Jets there. That's that was huge. One-year deal. I wish it was longer, but I'll take it. Surprisingly, Washington let him go. Uh, I was surprised at that, but um, yeah, no, the Jets did a great job with the line that they built over there. I mean, Kai Beckton looks to be every bit of a stud, and he played plays well when he's on the field. He just has to stay healthy. So the Very big thing over there is going to be the big thing over there is going to be, you know, how how's the quarterback going to be? So, but yeah. they're definitely setting him up for success. That's for sure. For sure, they're doing. They already are doing about a million times more for him than what they did for Sam Darnold. So, sorry, Sam. Uh, one not good piece of offensive line information, and then we could uh, jump into the purpose of this episode. Your boy DeCastro. I'm sorry, Dusty. He's. Uh, yeah. It sounds like he's going to retire. They released him, but it sounds like he might retire with with some ankle issues. Yeah, it was very disappointing to see. Uh, it's definitely one of the better offensive line we've had since I've been a fan, since I've been my whole life. So you don't want to see a definitely a ring of honor type player go out like that. Um, it was surprising to me. I didn't never really knew how bad the ankle injury was. Uh, it's just a huge blow for the Steelers. And huge. Our, our huge. whole offensive line next year is going to be completely different. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully everyone can get in camp healthy and stay healthy. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I'm worried about your boys. Uh, last thing is the supplemental draft is, again, not happening just because of COVID and everything. Do you care? I don't really care. It, it, I, care for the, I care for the players. I mean, you know, Josh Gordon was one of those guys that came out of there. Terrell uh, Pryor. Terrell Pryor was another one. Um, outside of those two, I can't think of really many others off the top of my head, but it's nice to give players a chance at least. Uh, Josh Gordon, obviously, he's had off-the-field issues. 
Ralph Fryer had some off-field issues too, actually. Um, but, you know, I guess it's just another, you know, thing that's really maybe not needed. But, again, I just think it stinks for the players that don't get really the chance to get into the NFL. So, Well, it's about eligibility and, and when you're eligible. And, and for those players that were not eligible at the time of the draft, I think this specific year, I mean, you had so many college players bowing out of the season early by choice just to wait for the NFL uh, in a COVID-shortened season. So I just feel like all the players that wanted to be in the draft probably were. I'm sure there's a few people out there, but no one notable that we know that would uh, that a team would give up a premium you know, or, you know, top four to five draft pick for. So I don't know. No big deal this year. But, yeah, for sure, I want it back next year for the players to get their chance. Speaking of chances, we are in a wide-open NFC West. Anyone can take the crown. A lot of teams in this division got better. I would argue that they all got better. And, you know, so out of the four teams, this is part one. We're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. And we're going to go deep into this. Uh, you know, can't fit them all in one episode because we're the redhead zone. We go deep. Let's start with the Seahawks. Let's start with the Seahawks, man. I got, uh, you know, you got your GM, John Snyder. He's been there for a while. Head coach Pete Carroll has been there. I don't know. He must be up there as one of the longest tenured head coaches at this point. Uh, but other than that, you know, you have a, a new face there. You have offensive coordinator Shane Waldron. He came over from the Rams. Uh, what? Who's my boy that's out that is just terrible everywhere he goes and keeps getting second chances? Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer, right. Schottenheimer uh, Jr. is out. And, uh, you know, Mr. Vanilla himself. Yeah. Mr. Vanilla himself. He was, he was all right with Rex Ryan for a few years there. It looked like he was getting creative, but you know what? I don't know if it was Schottenheimer's fault that, uh, they were so run heavy. I mean, he always has been run heavy, but Pete Carroll, you know, wants to pound that rock, but Shane Waldron, I'm very excited for he's, he was the Rams passing game coordinator. He wasn't there. I mean, he was their offensive coordinator, but he was their passing game coordinator. So, you got to imagine he likes throwing the football. Let Russ cook. I think that's what the plan is going to be, is to let Russ cook. I mean, they spent the first pick they had in this year's draft on a wide receiver. Uh, obviously, as you said, they got rid of Schottenheimer, and they brought in um, Shane Waldron, who was the passing game coordinator for the Rams. And we all know McVay likes to air the ball out <clears throat> strategically. Uh I think the, the the Seahawks for me, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know if there's any basketball fans that listen to our show, but they kind of remind me of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they're always right there. Obviously, they have a ring under Russell Wilson. Um, so I think anything but Super Bowl at this point for this team, NFC champions, is kind of a bust. I mean. Well, you, you have your Hall of Fame quarterback. So I think anytime you have a Hall of Fame quarterback on the roster in his, prime, in, his in his prime, I think anything less than a Super Bowl is a bust. And I agree. Just, you know, I, I like some of the things they did this offseason. I mean, the thing I really like the most is Shane Waldron that is, is bringing in uh, that kind of pass-heavy offensive coordinator, at least more so than Brian Schottenheimer. But I'm looking at this roster and we're going to go through it now. And I'm just not sure I see a Super Bowl roster. You know, I'm more concerned with the things that they did not do. You know, they did not get more offensive line help again. 
they did not go get Julio Jones. You know, I, I just, this was where I wanted Julio to go. I think it would have been a great fit. You know, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I just feel like if you're going to commit to Russell Wilson, you know, obviously Russ doesn't seem like he's been very happy with the way the team has been advancing or, or really not advancing for several years now. I don't know, man. I just, I, I don't feel like they're going the right direction. Before we dive in the roster, I want to ask you something. If they finish third or fourth in this division, what, what happens? Do they come back again next year with the same cast of characters? I think the only way that they fail that hard would be if there's an injury. Because the other thing about this team is they're not very deep. The roster's not deep. So, yes, if Julio Jones was here, it would make a big difference. But let's let's look at this. If, if uh, Lockett or Metcalf goes down, they really don't have much behind that. Uh, same thing with uh, Carson. I know Chris Carson, running back. He goes down. I mean, we saw last year. They had guys, they had fourth stringers coming in here, like DJ Dallas, people that no one's ever heard of coming in here late. Uh, Travis Homer, these guys. Travis Homer, I was going to say, yeah. Rashad Penny's back, though. I mean. Alex Collins is back, too. Apparently, he looks really good in camp. I always liked Alex Collins on the Ravens and wherever he went. I I thought he was a good player, and he he passed the eye test, but he seems to bounce around the league. They also are talking up Rashad Penny. So, I guess we're diving into these running backs. Probably trying to trade him. That's probably why. Maybe, but but they do have too many running backs. But to your point, I mean, they do need depth. Chris Carson, I think, is probably one of the more underrated running backs of the last few years. The guy's a beast. He is a angry runner. You know, my only concern with that is I, I do think he can get injured from time to time because of his running style. But, you know, for such a big, violent back, he catches the ball decently well. I, I think he's well-rounded. He could pass protect. So, he had some yeah. ball security issues last year, too. So he, he, Yeah, he's always had that. Those creep up on him again. You can't keep him in the game. But where are they going? I mean, are they really going to – if he fumbles, are they going to bench him for Rashad Penny or Travis Homer? I mean, I just – I don't Man, see it. Watch out for yeah. Alex Collins. They're saying he's having a really good camp right now. They say he's the backup. They're wearing shorts and T-shirts, but – Yeah, so are we, baby. All right. That's the running back room. So let's talk about the receivers. You touched on that a little bit. Obviously, everyone knows DK Metcalf. Everyone just thinks of that run he did to chase down uh, whoever intercepted Russ Wilson last year. Everyone knows Tyler Lockett. They, with their pretty much their only relevant draft pick, they take uh, Dwayne Eskridge, which, you know, we spoke about on the draft episode, was questionable with so many holes to take a receiver. Although this receiver room, not a lot of depth beyond those three no there's not and uh they did sign Andre I know it doesn't mean much but Tamarian Terry who I actually liked coming out of college was signed undrafted so he's a guy to keep keep a, an eye on in camp but a lot of the guys that they have after Lockett and Metcalf are deep threats um even Metcalf I mean he was he was the reason why he fell so hard in the draft is because everyone said he didn't know a route tree um, but I think that's bull. But yeah, the, the, a, lot of, a lot of teams messed up. Thirty-one yeah. teams actually. The guy that that size and that ability, you don't really let fall. I never had him falling. Uh, I should. I thought he should have went a lot earlier. But anyway, <clears throat> he's obviously you know a major deep threat. With I think he was averaging something crazy, like over uh, twelve yards a catch or something. 
I'm sure he's over 12. He had, he had so many deep catches with that moon ball. Um, I don't, I just don't see if I don't see, well, they did sign Gerald Everett. So I, I do think Gerald Everett is one of the more athletic tight ends in football. Uh, he split time in LA with Tyler Higby. So, but he showed flashes of big games. So I think that's an upgrade from what they had. I think they had Olsen, but Olsen's kind of old. He's got the foot injury problems for the last couple of years now. So I think Everett will be an upgrade to Olsen, but other than that, they're very still got my man, big baby face, Will Disley. Love that guy. He's still there. Yeah, but Gerald Gerald Everett is more of a threat. So I actually, I do really like that addition. You know, I think something understated and, you know, I'm not saying that they should have paid the guy a whole bunch of money. Not that I think he got paid anyway, but David Moore uh, is someone they lost here. And I think he was, I think he was a solid number three receiver that Russ Wilson trusted and he did have that little bit of deep threat ability. And I just, I don't know, a team lacking depth. I'm surprised that you're not bringing back someone that Russ trusts. So, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine he got paid a lot of money. So, you're secretly one of my favorite players. Actually. Hey, there you go. For real. Like, you reminds me of like a Jericho Cotter. Just always. Oh, God, I love Jericho Cotter. He's always, a very different player than Jericho Cotter, but I know. I, I feel like, they're always, they don't do anything wrong. Always like consistently, like I remember David Moore was catching balls like deep fly patterns, never really did anything wrong. Russell Wilson always loved him, and I, yeah, listen, you get rid of guys like that. You know, he's been here for quite a bit, he had a good uh camaraderie with uh Russell Wilson, so it's gonna be hard to replace that, especially with the rookies that are coming in to try to do so, right. Let's talk about the offensive line, which I think is uh, I don't know how I feel about the off season as a total, but, but let's go into it. You know, obviously it's been a focus that this offensive line, they refused to pour resources into it every single year. You know, Russ Wilson constantly running for his life, which he's actually very good at. And then he runs for his life and then he throws a touchdown, but nonetheless, let's go through it. You know, that trade years ago for left tackle Dwayne Brown from uh, the Texans, you idiots, uh, was a great trade for the Seahawks. He's, Still, you know, one of the better left tackles in the league. Yeah, Dwayne Brown is the best lineman on they have. It was by far one of the better trades that they've made to upgrade their offensive line. Uh, it's definitely a nice piece to have to protect the blind side of your <clears throat> most prized possession in Russell Wilson. Uh, from there, I mean, listen, their line has never really been very good. No. Actually. I think their line is probably better than it has been in the past. They did I, I agree. Jackson, Gabe Jackson. Yeah, speaking of offensive line trades, they trade for Gabe Jackson, who the Raiders tried to cut and then realized they shouldn't do that because they could get something for him. And, you know, listen, I, I think uh, he obviously hasn't really hit that 2019, say, form in the, in the la you know, last year, but – if he's healthy, man, he, he's a pretty good guard. And all of a sudden, you have the left side of your line solidified, which they have not for, for years and years. Yeah. The rest of the line is not that great. Um, Damian Lewis is probably going to shift to center, which I kind of like him, No, too. they have Ethan uh, po Pochick. Pochick. I don't know how to say his name. There's a lot of Cs in there. I think Lewis is going to start at center. I don't think Pochick is going to start. 
I mean, they. I think they drafted him with a relatively premium pick, like a third he's rounder. A high, he's a highly touted. A second rounder, yeah. I mean, I, but then you know what? Then why let Justin Britt go? I mean, he was a pretty good player. I think you could have really kept some of this line together. But, you know, they let Britt walk. You know, I had Damian Lewis at right guard. Who do you have at right guard? Jackson. Who's playing left guard? Simmons. I don't know. I think Gabe Jackson takes left guard. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, and then, uh, you know, right tackle, I have Brandon Chell, the former Jet, who actually has, you know, become, I guess, a consistent player, if nothing else. Uh, but I agree that this offensive line probably took, you know, I think a small step backwards and then uh, probably a little bigger than small step forward. So I, I think they got a little bit better, um, but not much. But I guess, Russell Wilson, do your thing, man. Get the ball out quick, run for your life, scramble for a first down. Throw 50-yard bombs to Metcalf. Those moon balls, man. I love those. All right. So, before we go into the defense, as an offense, if they could let Russ cook, and, like, I know I keep saying it, but it's true. And, and yeah, you're still going to feed Chris Carson a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to say this is a top five offense in the league, but, it, you know, they could be knocking on that door right there. I mean, when you have Russell Wilson, if you keep DK yeah. and Tyler yeah. healthy – they have to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, they really can't lose anyone. And that's on the offensive line, too. They can't lose anyone there. You if know, they, I'm excited to see how Gerald Everett fits, too, though. If they lose anybody else, you know, outside of the running back position, you will definitely see Pete Carroll go back to running this football. I can tell you that. I mean, he's probably just looking for a reason. I mean, I feel like there's a short leash on this Let Russ, let Russ Cook program anyway. So, I mean, we saw it last year. As soon as – I think it was against the Rams. Once they kind of they kind of had uh, Russell Wilson pinned where he couldn't move the ball, that was it. After that game, they kind of went back to running the football. I think it was like midseason. Yeah. Yeah, he was the clear MVP through six weeks. And then, you know, I guess that game happened. And then after that, it was, okay, yeah. we're, we're going to run the ball 40 times a game. Yep. I don't get it. Well, here's my thing is I think that they're going to have to pass uh, more just like they did for the first half of last year. You know, you and I have differences of opinions, I think, on this defense. So let's talk it out. I don't think it's a super impressive group, but I do like some of the signings that they made. I really like Kerry Hyder that they brought over from the 49ers on the defensive line. It was someone I actually wanted the Jets to target, and I think they needed it. They don't really have a lot of defensive line depth. You know, Carlos Dunlap, I guess, is still there. Yeah. You know, but let's see what he has left. Great player from University of Florida. Go Gators. Peep the shirt. There's the Gator. But uh, is there anyone else on this line uh, that you really I like? Kuna Ford? Ford? I like I'm a big fan of Kuna I like him. <clears throat> I think that's he's the reason why they let Jerron Reed walk. Uh, they think Kuna Ford is going to kind of take over that role or get more snaps. Uh, they did sign quite a few guys to uh, get on this line. Uh, they try, they're going to try to get something out of Robert Nkidiche, who was a former first-round pick. If he can keep his head on straight, maybe he could be something. They brought Al Woods in here. He's a, you know, kind of a veteran at this point. For sure. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the pass rush goes – I don't really see – I mean, Dunlap is still good, but he's definitely – Wait a minute. Don't they have Alden Smith? They do have Alden Smith. Did they release him because he got in trouble this offseason already? No, he's still there. 
Yeah, they probably they want his pass rush juice. They're not going to let him go. Pass rush. They tried to bring in Clowney here, but that didn't work out really. Right. Um, I feel like they've done that a few times with a veteran coming over here, but <clears throat> they haven't really had a pass rush since ben- Michael Bennett was there, uh, a consistent one anyway. Michael Benham is a great player. Yeah. So, but Dunlap is there and Alden Smith. Those two, I mean, you got to call Alden Smith uh, a veteran at this point. I know he missed like, I think it was four or five years, but he can't, he played pretty well last year for the Cowboys. So, if they could get a glimpse of that. I, I think they need it because, you know, outside of him, I'm just, I'm just not seeing a lot of pass rush juice here. I think Puna Ford is a good player, but I think he's more of that run stuffer than that interior pass rusher. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be tough, uh, and we'll talk about the cornerback room, but I just – I think it's going to be tough to not be able to get over – get after the quarterback and have quarterbacks sit there and look out over the rest of this defense. So let's talk about the rest of this defense. You know, Bobby Wagner in the middle, still just unbelievable player playing at a truly elite level. Yeah, Bobby Wagner is probably one of the most underrated – linebackers we've ever seen um he puts up the same numbers as some of the hall of famers that we that we we all love like earl acker and jack thomas and ray lewis and guys like that but he his game you know i don't I, again i think his his prime years are probably almost over uh they did not sign kj Wright, who was right. his counterpart for years and years since that super bowl roster uh, they're going to let Jordan Brooks come in here and take over that role. Last year's first rounder, which, you know, I, I don't think he blew anyone's socks off last year. No. So I guess we'll see what he can do in his second year. But I think that's a leap of faith to let K.J. Wright go and just see what he can do. K.J. Wright's still a free agent, so I, I don't think that's going to last very long. I think he'll get signed pretty soon. But the uh, not to get into the safeties yet, but the, the corners on this team are not very good. No, they're not. They lost some of their – better corners and they did sign uh keller witherspoon from san francisco who i i do like but uh it's gonna be a lot different playing without uh counterpart richard sherman so he's gonna be asked to do a lot more than he's used to um i don't really know what they're gonna get out of trade flowers i think he i think he's gonna be their starting corner at the left side which is scary um, I like DJ Reed Jr. I mean, he had a pretty decent year last year. I, I, look, I think he could kind of evolve into that maybe middle of the pack to maybe even a little better, strong number two cornerback. But I also think Akilah Witherspoon's that number two cornerback, like you said, playing across from Richard Sherman. So I just – I don't know who's going to be locking down the elite receivers that are in this division and obviously elsewhere in the NFL. And, you know, I, I – the corners are not strong. So to me, it's like when I look at a defense, you know, we could talk about Jamal Adams at safety and the all world talent that he is. We already have an episode on Jamal Adams. If you haven't heard our quick hitter on Jamal Adams, go back and listen to it. Cause that was a good one, but you know, just, you can't get after the quarterback. Your corners are mediocre. You got Bobby Wagner, who, like you said, I mean, he's getting a little up there and you know, he has unproven entities next to him. I don't know. I, I don't know how this defense is going to finish middle of the pack at best. No, they're well, they're, they're definitely not. And if they do, it would be because of Jamal Adams. If they do, it's because of Jamal Adams. I'll, I'll give you that. I just, I don't know if he alone can will 
the rest of these players that there's just not a lot of above average players here. And, and honestly, this defense has been so bad for I think the last couple of years now. Uh, their past defense has been atrocious. Uh, I think um, I think they were ranked in the bottom three in the last two years. But the reason why, number one, this division is tough with with the aerial attack. And two, I mean, we just went over their their defensive front outside of Wagner, who's not really a pass rusher. They don't have a pass rush. So if you have no pass rush, you rely on your secondary. You don't have a secondary, you're screwed. So, and let's face it, as much as I love Jamal Adams and everything, his weak point is his coverage. So Absolutely. I, don't, I don't think you're going to see a huge difference in defense this year. The only positive around this? It's going to be worse. They, they actually lost talent at the corner position. They lost Shaq Griffin. They lost someone else too. The name's escaping me at the moment. Uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, Jamal Adams is going to lead this team in, in sacks. You know, he had nine and a half last year. And he, and he, and he uh, Dunbar. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Dunbar is the other corner they lost. So they lost Shaq Griffin. They lost Dunbar. Okay, they brought in Killer Witherspoon. Jamal Adams is going to lead those this team. Good they lost. Those are not- yeah, those are those are strong corners if you're going to play this kind of zone coverage. But it's you know Jamal Adams is going to be rushing the passer. He's going to lead the team in sacks. He's not going to be back there in coverage. Uh, I speaking from a Jets fan, even when he's flying all over the place, they're still giving up a ton of air yards because they also didn't have a secondary, and they also had, by the way, a pretty good safety next to Jamal Adams and Marcus May. And they have a similar setup here. I, I like Quandry Diggs next to uh, Jamal Adams, too. I just – I don't think there's enough in the cornerback room. There's not enough pass rush, like you said, to just get the job done. And, you know, if you have a defense that's worse than middle of the pack, how are you winning a Super Bowl when we say that you are Super Bowl or bust? Well, the thing is, I think they know this, and that's why they brought in Shane Walton to coach the offense because they know they're going to be – mostly passing because this games that they're going to be in the high scoring. So I think they're going to have to, you know, draw up more of an aerial uh, offense than being on the ground because you cannot run the ball when the scoreboard is lighting up every drive. So I think they kind of know the writing's kind of on the wall for this defense. If anything but the bottom of the, of the barrel for the NFC or the whole league at this point with this type of secondary and this front four that's not really anything proven by all means you're looking at shootouts and every team in this division from top to bottom has gotten better and uh, with passing the ball I mean Kyler Murray's gonna we're gonna get into him but I mean now you have Stafford instead of Goff in uh, Los Angeles <clears throat> and then and my boy Trey Lance or well, not or not <laughs> I mean, we'll see. But we'll see. We'll get it. Three lands has a cannon. So, and Garoppolo is going to be, you know, is coming in healthy. So, I mean, they have to be thinking ahead that, you know, you play eight games, half your, half, almost half your schedule is, is division. Uh, yeah. Games, so, I'll give my hot take on the NFC West right now. Uh, simultaneously, I'm going to award my dope of the week. And I, well, I think. Man. I just want to say one thing. How the hell does Ken Norton Jr. still have his job? <laughs> I was going to ask the same question. It's Ken Norton Jr. is the defense coordinator in the Seahawks. He's been there for, I don't know, since to be that 2018. Bad. 
Yeah, his, his teams have not been good, but for what I think Pete Carroll is just this like super loyal dude. It's it's what he wants, it's who he likes, it's what he knows, just exactly. like running the ball, and that's it. But you know, for that reason, that's why I'm giving Pete Carroll with maybe even sharing that uh dope of the week trophy with John Snyder, because you have Russ Wilson. Tell me why Jamal Adams is Tell worth me why. Tell me why that Jamal Adams is worth more than two first round picks and you couldn't give up a second and maybe a little more and get Julio instead of losing him to the Titans. Why wouldn't you bring Julio Jones in here? Why wouldn't you bring better offensive line talent here? Why wouldn't you sign a receiver? I just, I, I think, I think they're doing Russ Wilson a huge disservice and my hot take is that this team is going to finish third or fourth in this division and I think one of two things is going to happen. Either Pete Carroll's out, and they're going to bring in a new coaching staff for Russell Wilson. Didn't you just get extended? Yeah, but who cares? You can still fire coaches yeah. at any time. Yeah, and I think either he's out or Russ is out, and he's going to leave Seattle. And if that happens, this team no. – I mean, I mean, if you take out Russ Wilson from this team, they're – they're a bottom 10 roster in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, for sure. But if you take him out, Jamal Adams will be pissed, so he'll probably not come back. Yeah, he'll hold out and start talking trash about the team like he did with the Jets. Don't get me started on Jamal Adams again. Until Wilson's not going in. I don't know, man. We'll see. I think one of them are out after this year, but hey, that's my hot take. That's all I got to say about that. You got anything else on these Seahawks doing Russ wrong before we move on? To your favorite team besides the Steelers? Before we move on, I just want to say, if you didn't listen to the Jamal Adams episode, uh, he was brought in here to change this defense. And as bad as it's been, it's been very bad. Bottom of the barrel, bottom three for the last two years. So Jamal Adams was brought here to stay. So most likely he will get the contract that he's asking for because his team is kind of pinned against the wall to do so. So... <clears throat> that's their only hope to get better is to keep him here and maybe add something uh, in, before the season starts. Maybe a big name comes out again where they can make a trade. But he is going to be the main focal point to this defense being successful. Uh, this is a tough di division to have a successful defense with all the, the upgrades on the, on the opposing division rivals. But uh, I, I do see them being better than last year on defense because I don't think it's possible to be worse. I think they want, their offense is worse, but let's face it, Jamal Adams was not healthy last year, so he'll be hopefully healthy. So I think having him on a full season will definitely be an upgrade to what they had. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I don't think they're going to win the division, but I do think it would be very, very hard for them to not make the playoffs. And the only way they don't make the playoffs, I think, is if there's a big injury on that offense. All right, fair enough. I, I think, man, I hate to bet against Russ Wilson, but I just, I like the other teams in the division more. And let's not forget the fans are back. So the 12th Ooh, man. Ooh, 12th oh, man. Ten. Good call. Hey, they are huge for them. Oh, cool. They're probably good for a, a win a year that maybe they wouldn't have gotten uh, if not for the 12th man. So kudos 12th men, but still you could come at me for telling me your team's going to suck this year at NA footballers on Twitter. Bring it. Arizona Cardinals. I feel like, they, yeah, there's your cup. I feel like this is your favorite team outside of the Steelers. Uh, you got your GM, Steve Kime. 
You got your head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. Let, let's start there. And, you know, ownership, Michael Bidwell, he brought in Cliff Kingsbury. He wanted that young guy. You know, first year they had five wins. Last year they have eight wins. How do you feel about just the direction of the management of this team and this coaching of a team without even getting into the roster? Well, Cliff Kingsbury, since he's come in, He's made a, a statement and uh, he's made some noise. I mean, he drafted Kyler Murray first overall after they already drafted a quarterback. He had That's a plan. The balls right there. You know, he could have just stuck with the other first round pick and played that out for a year or two before getting his own guy. But he said right away, I want Kyler Murray. He had a plan. Uh, he had an offensive game plan that he wanted to implement. Uh, I think the defensive coordinator hire was a great, a great move that they made. This team is, for me, they've just been getting better since Kingsbury, Kingsbury's been there. So I, the reason why I'm so high on them for this season is because I think this is the year that it comes full circle with Kyla Murray with another year under his belt. And he showed improvement for the first two years he's been in the league, even though he was hurt last year. Uh, we'll get more into that when we get into Kyla Murray himself. But I also like the, the moves that they made in bringing in players like J.J. Watts, changed the culture of the team. And now you're going to see a team with a winning attitude. They have the talent, but now it's going to come with a culture and an attitude. Uh, everything points to this team getting much better. And much better from what they were is a playoff caliber team. So that's why I'm so high on them. And I do think Kyler Murray is going to put up an MVP season. I don't know if he'll win it, but I think he'll be in the running for at least some point of the season. I don't know if it tails off, but uh, I just love the Arizona Cardinals. They've been bad for quite some time. It's one of the worst franchises in the NFL history outside of the years they had with Kurt Warner and Fitzgerald and Bolden when they were there. But before that, love that team. So, yeah, listen, I, I think with Cliff Kingsbury, I, I think he's a lot of bark without quite the bite that everyone seems to think that he has. Yes, uh, you're right in everything you said. They, first of all, he took over a dumpster fire. So, you know, when he took that over, five wins was seen as, that's great because we just had the first overall pick. So, uh, you know, they were a poop show before that. So he went from five wins. He went to eight wins last year with Kyler Murray and the team. So yes, there has been steady improvement. And yes, you'd like to just kind of see that continue and say, hey, all he's done is get better. At the same time, hey, NFL's a tough world here. You still had two losing seasons. Five wins and eight wins are losing seasons. Eight eight and eight last year, fine, 500. It was a losing season to, to me. And I think that if they can't get more than eight wins this year, depending on how it goes, I think Cliff Kingsbury, he, I don't think he'll get fired, but I think that would, but that would certainly put him on the hot seat for the following year and you'll start to hear that rumbling and then all of a sudden he really has to perform and then you know it, it could get a little weird from there so you know i like what they're doing i think the roster is getting better it couldn't really get worse from where it was a few years ago and we'll see but keep in mind by the way that kingsbury signed a four-year deal in 2019 this is year three so i think after this year you either have to give him an extension go lame duck status for the next year, which no one really ever does, or fire him. So I think it's conceivable that either he's going to succeed and get an extension this year, or he could fail and 
Probably not. But if they finish fourth in this division, I think there's a chance yeah, but that maybe, maybe he gets fired, but but things would have to go badly for that to happen. I, finish, I admit, I don't think it's going to happen. They could finish fourth in the division and have nine or ten wins. Yeah, that's the crazy part. This is a really good division. He could, he could get nine wins. He could go up one. He could get ten wins and still miss the playoffs in theory. And obviously you're not getting fired after going from five wins to eight wins to ten wins. So let's get into his first overall pick. Let's get into the players. It all – begins and ends with Kyler Murray. We'll talk about the rest of the roster, but the truth is this team is going how Murray's going. You talked a little bit about, you know, you think he's going to have an MVP season. I'm torn on Kyler Murray, man. I don't know how I feel about it. letting the world know. You heard it here first. This guy's in the running. I told you so. Okay, you told us so, but, you know, look – there is no doubting what this guy does as a runner. Uh, you know, he said he wants to run less. I don't really buy that. I, I, he has to uh, – he's going to have to run a lot because I just – I don't think he's the strongest passer. And he's gotten better. Last year was certainly better than the year before. But I just – I have my concerns. He's going to run a lot. He's a small dude. I mean, he, he's always going to be an injury risk to me being that size and running around as much as he does. And you can't have injuries at the quarterback position if you're going to be the star quarterback. You know, additionally, he had 12 picks his rookie year. He had 12 picks last year in his second year. That's over 1.3 picks a game. And then also running the ball, you're always a fumble risk. It's I'm just very torn on him. I, I think he's one of those exciting players. He's like Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's a really exciting player. But, like, can that actually get you over the hump on its own just by him being that magical player? Uh, I just uh, – I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go for him. I'm very torn. Well, let me see if I could kind of point you in the direction that I'm with. Uh, he, he definitely runs more than – I think he ran more than any other quarterback in the league last year. It might, I might be wrong on that. I'd have to check No, I, I, he, was, he was the number one rushing quarterback in the NFL uh, as, oh. far as, as far as attempts go. Of course he's going to run less. But the other thing is, he wasn't healthy last year, and he still put up better numbers than he did the year before. So now he's coming in on his third year in the offense with Cliff Kingsbury. He's already came out publicly and said he feels that he has a full grasp on the offensive playbook now. So everything is pointing in the directions of him getting better. The other thing is, he's actually one of the best deep baller passers in the league. So I think he's going to air this thing out a little bit more than he's used to. So I think his numbers are going to go up. He wasn't, listen, if you watched the Cardinals play last year towards the end of the season, he did not look healthy. No, his shoulder was was hanging off his body. So I'm all in on Kyle Murray for these reasons. So unless his shoulder acts up and it's, it's, it's going to be a lingering problem. Then we have major issues, but I, I'm I'm not going there. So I'm, I'm just going to say if he's running less, which he will because he ran more than any quarterback in the league last year, he's going to start airing the ball out a little bit more. Now, if you look at this receiving core, it is completely stacked from top to bottom. Uh, you have the best receiver in the league on, on your team. DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in football, in my opinion. Um, Definitely top three. Arguably, doesn't even matter. So if you're comparing him to guys like Julio Jones and whoever else you want to compare him to, that's fine. LeBron Diggs, bro. Love that guy. Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen, sure. But yeah, uh, I think Hopkins is shoe in top three, for sure. 
I mean, they're dangerous across the board in every which way. I'm a huge Christian Kirk fan. I love Christian Kirk, and I think there's no better place to play than with his college teammate, Kyle Murray. So that's one of the reasons why I love their connection. Uh, A.J. Green is here now. He's a veteran. If, he's, if they're winning games and he's playing to his full potential, that's a huge weapon. Uh, the draft pick that they brought in here, Rondell Moore, is a huge weapon to have, especially if you get him in space with these other guys on the field. Look out. So, and, and they're always four wide. They always have two slot receivers on the field. Exactly. Cliff Kingsbury made it very clear he wanted to run an air raid offense. He's one of the creators of, of this style of play coming into the league. I think they ran it more than any other team in the league. So, they also run more plays than any other team in the league. The pace of their offense. You know, listen, I, I don't know how I feel about Cliff Kingsbury as a coach, but I love the fact that he's – you know, just getting as many offensive plays as he can out there. It's, I, I think it's basically blowing every other team out of the water and going four wide every time they do it. So it's certainly innovative. And listen, for what this team has been, like I said before, Cliff Kingsbury has turned this team into a franchise that people are excited about, especially in Arizona. I mean, I'm not a Cardinals fan, but I'm excited for the team. Um, I mean, before he was here, and Kyla Murray was here. I mean, we were looking at Sam Bradford and, and Josh Rosen. Like these, this team was a mess. So if they weren't, if they were in a uh, worse division, I, I don't think we'd be talking about them possibly not making the playoffs. I think this is a, a, one of the better rosters in football. Well, let's go through the rest of it. I mean, listen, we could talk for a hot minute about tight end. They, they lost Ben Arnold. They have Max Williams, but they go four wide. So do you care? They don't use a tight end other than blocking anyway. Well, Dan Arnold had a pretty good year for them last year, actually. But, yeah. you know, obviously they didn't pay him. And, and I, I'm not really worried about it because they like going four wide receiver. And like you said, they really have the depth to do it. So let's, let's go over this offensive line. I think it's pretty interesting. I, I think they got a good amount better. They have uh, DJ Humphreys, uh, a great left tackle. Uh, they have... You know, Justin Pugh, I guess, a left guard. Is that how you is that how you see that shaking out? So, you know, he's fine, whatever. I mean, consistent player, I guess, that's on the field. But let's talk a little about the the highway robbery they got when they brought in Rodney Hudson from the Las Vegas Raiders, one of the best centers in the league. Yeah, and we just talked about um, – And you know I love centers. Dave Jackson is the other one, and here's the other guy, Rodney Hudson. Oh, Raiders. Fell right into Arizona, great landing spot. You got your starting center, and he's been one of the, he's been one of the most consistent centers in football for the last. Uh, it's almost been almost probably almost yeah you know, yeah. It's been a while now. So look, a clear upgrade for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, right guard. You have the former Jet and Bill Brian, uh, Brian Winters. We'll see if he's healthy. But then you always have. You're right. They actually he he's not re-signed right now, so they don't have good old Jr. Sweezy. So I guess they are going to depend on Winters for that spot. Maybe we'll see if there's some camp competition with someone there because they, they have, have a few. Max Garcia. I mean, they have Max Garcia. I mean, you know, he was a good starter years ago, but. Uh, you know, you have some other players there. You got uh, Josh Jones, maybe, at the right tackle position. Uh, but but really, it's, it's going to be Kelvin Beecham that takes that right tackle position. Mr. Big Kelvin. Uh, he was a stealer and a jet. He, he was. He, he hit them both. And he was a good player. A little older. You know, I think he's replacement level at this point. But I think he could hold them forward. And, hey, Josh Jones, I think, was a relatively high draft pick. Uh, so, you know, maybe they're hoping for – to, to catch something there. 
So I look, I think the right side of their line uh, needs either more competition or maybe a little bit of luck to come together. But I think the center to left tackle is strong. It's a better offensive line than they had last year for sure. Yeah, Gabe, listen, <clears throat> Rodney Hudson is a huge upgrade. And we've talked about it many, many times on multiple episodes. The center position is very underrated. And when you get someone in there that that's, knows what they're doing, that's kind of the glue of your offensive line. It puts everything together and gets other players around you playing better. They learn from your techniques and, and your wisdom and everything else. So they're definitely, definitely upgraded. That's for sure. Well, you know what I'll say, and this is my last point I got to say about Kyler Murray is, you know, I was digging into his numbers a little bit before this episode and, you know, where his numbers took a really big jump from year one to year two is when he had a clean pocket and it was not very often for him last year, but, but he did have really good numbers from that clean pocket. He did get that deep ball out. Like you said, I think when the pocket breaks down around him, either he takes off or he makes a bad decision or not a great throw. So his last year, he was six, 27 uh, out of 64 passes and nine touchdowns and zero picks. That's that's pretty damn good. So, good, you know, look, give the guy a clean pocket and, and let's see what he can do. Hopefully, Rodney Hudson will help stabilize that. So, you know, as an offense, I think this is definitely uh, an above average unit. I think they're going to be really exciting. They're, they're very fast. I think they're going to put up a lot of points. You got to keep Kyler Murray healthy, and, and Murray's got to keep himself healthy. That, that's kind of my big concern when it comes to this team on offense. And they also added James Conner at the running back. Oh, my goodness. We disrespected your boy, James Conner. That's right. So uh, we didn't even talk about running back at all. We went right to receiver. Sorry, running backs. I know you get devalued all the time. They have Chase Edmonds and John Connor. I, I think uh, it's John Connor, James Connor, and he's not the Terminator. And, and uh, look, I think it's the right move. I think Connor is a talented player that should not be carrying a full load like he was with the Steelers. I think Chase Edmonds is a very talented player, but he is not someone that should be in a full time role. He's really adept at catching the ball. I actually think he is an underrated runner, but obviously, I, I, I don't think. Edmonds is the type of player that's going to touch the ball more than, you know, 12, 13 times a game. And he'll be really efficient with those touches. But then you need someone to pound the rock. You got Connor. So I, I like that for them. I, I think that's a good fit. Well, the way they're talking is that Chase Edmonds is going to be the starter, if that means what, anything. What starter mean anymore for running backs? James Connor is no slouch receiving either. Let's not forget, when he came in to replace Le'Veon Bell, he put up better numbers than Bell did. By the way, he's still a free agent. Le'Veon Bell is still a free agent. Where's he going to go? Yeah, and then he came out and talked about uh, – You see that? What he was saying about Andy Reid? They called him a liar. I think Andy Reid kind of sold him and said, oh, we're going to make you the star you used to be here. And he obviously didn't touch the ball much. But he wasn't impressive in Kansas City. There's your dope of the week. Dope of the week, Le'Veon Bell, for sure. Yeah, go, go Maybe ahead. don't talk so much like that on Twitter, dude, if you want to get signed by a team. But, you know, I actually really like Le'Veon, the person. He's always been very outspoken. But, yeah, I, I didn't love the Andy Reid uh, trash talk at all. Yeah, go after a coach who's been back to back Super Bowl. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, probably not the best move. Okay, we're off the rails. Let's get back on. We're going to the defense of the Arizona Cardinals. So, I, I see a lot of bright spots here, but I also have a lot of concerns here. You know, the thing everyone is looking at is the J.J. Watt signing. 
I still think he's a great player. Obviously, he's been hurt a lot. Uh, he was hurt a lot last year, and he was even really banged up the year before that. So you hope to get a healthy season out of him, which I, I think might be a 50-50 shot at this point in Watt's career, which is a sad thing to say. But but if he's on the field, he's going to be very productive. I don't know if he's going to play uh, the D-end in this 3-4-D or if he's going to play the nose tackle. I mean, he's always gone back and forth with the Texans. So I don't know where he's going to play here. But even if it's both, I'm not seeing a lot of talent on the interior of this defense of this 3-4, you know, not getting into the second level with the uh, with the edge rushers yet. Well, I had a comp for uh, Zach Allen as I know it's going to sound crazy, but my comp for uh, Zach Allen was J.J. Watt. Not, obviously, Hall of Fame style, but the way they play now, which is interesting because J.J. Watt is now his teammate. So I just want to make this clear. Just look out for Zach Allen, and as he progresses, this is the perfect mentor for him. All right, deep sleeper on the defensive line. I, I really think they need a second player there, so – Maybe that's what they're depending they're, on. I think that would be huge for them. They have Jordan Phillips, who's yeah. there. He'll play the other end spot. But this is a this is your traditional three four defense. You don't see too many of these anymore. There's not many teams that run three four defensive bases. Very Carpenter true. Is one of them. Steelers are another. Um, there's also uh, they they're gonna they really like uh, Leaky Fotu uh, on the interior. Yeah, he's a guy that they're talking up big in camp. Um, they they are kind of thin. I know Corey. They're, they're really thin on, on that defensive front. Corey Peters was not resigned yet. Uh, I think they will bring him back at some point. Uh, they haven't yet though, which is kind of surprising. Uh, I know they like Rashard Lawrence a little bit over there, but they do need to get a little bit deeper up front here. Yeah, these aren't, they're just not really those premium talents when all those names you're saying there. I mean, the Zach Allen thing could get interesting, but I think all the names after that, they're bodies that are average at best. And, you know, I just, I think this team, uh, if Watt's healthy, it'll be, it'll be great. But man, if Watt's not healthy for any stretch, I think it's going to be really tough for this defensive line to compete, to contain the run. Something about J.J. Watt. Listen, we're not comparing J.J. Watt to Hall of Fame status J.J. Watt because J.J. Watt is probably one of the, I mean, top five best defensive players we've ever seen in the sure NFL. Is. So you're not going to get that. And if you're saying he's going to be worse than he was, is still an above average defense. That's still a Pro Bowl caliber player. His run defense is still one of the best. He might not get to the quarterback like he used to, but he's still going to be – above average, and one of the best linemen in the game. As long he's going to get his hands up and knock those balls down. One of the most mm-hmm. underrated stats in the NFL. And you have to think that he has a bit of a chip on his shoulder coming in here because he wants to win. And uh, I've said it before, you know, I'm glad he came to this team because, you know, he didn't take the easy way out like you see in sports today where they go to, you know, like the Chiefs or the Bucks. He went to a team that's contending and he could be the guy to put them over, which I think he he'll put this defense over. I'm not saying they're going to be a top 10 defense, but I think they'll definitely mean something to this team more than he would if he went to the Chiefs or the Bucks. Like this is going to be probably going to be him and Chandler Jones' defense. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. So that's a good segue into the uh, the edge rushers on this team. You still have Chandler Jones, who's getting up there in age, but still a, an extremely productive edge rusher. This guy's been real good for real long. Remember when the Jets passed him off in the draft? Shut up. We're moving right on. Uh, you know, on the opposite side of Chandler Jones, uh, they brought back Marcus Golden, who, you know, I think his sack numbers uh, could get inflated. Like, you know, he had 10 sacks with the Giants before he came over last year. But listen, he clearly has some pass rush juice. I, I wouldn't call him an above average player. I'd call him an above average pass rusher that probably can't be on the field for a full complement of snaps. But hey, they have that spot filled. I think the inside linebackers is going to be a lot of fun and really interesting when you're talking about Isaiah Simmons uh, going into his second year as that chess piece. And then they add in a similar chess piece in Zavin Collins. Yeah. Um, they basically packed Jordan Hicks's bags for him and kicked him out of town. Yeah. And, and they lost Hassan Riddick too. Yeah. Who was it? Who emerged? He broke as out. A, he broke out. He emerged as a, uh, a great pass rusher. He was drafted as a linebacker, and they switched him to pass rushing. He got paid for it. So, But back to, yeah, Zayvon Collins and uh, Isaiah Simmons are going to be two of the most interesting linebackers that you'll see. Uh, they Isaiah Simmons is a hybrid player, so... I think that they, they tried to move him around, but I think they kind of want to focus on one position, which is obviously the linebacker position where he'll be in the middle with Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins is a big boy and he's very fast, so he'll be all over the place. I'm really excited to see what these two do on this defense, but it's definitely uh, not a problem, that's for sure. I think these guys will definitely have a good year. I don't know how good it will be since you have basically both rookies because I don't think – Simmons played too many snaps last year. He did start to play better towards the end of the season. Yeah, he did. So we'll see what happens. But I, I, Hicks is pretty much gone. Um, otherwise, he'd be they, – they, I think they when they called uh, Zayvon Collins to draft him, they already they told him from, from the start that you're going to be playing a lot. So get be prepared. Yeah, I, I really like Zayvon Collins a lot. I, I actually like him as a prospect more than I like uh, Isaiah Simmons coming out and you know everyone was super excited about Isaiah Simmons because he's that chess piece and he's so versatile but I just it, think Collins is just a more well-rounded backer uh, and he's so fast he still has that kind of speed of like an Isaiah Collins but but as a true linebacker type player. One of the surprises of the draft uh, for sure he went very early I think he was the 15th selection. Overall. Yeah he, he wasn't projected to go to like the end of the first or early second but but I, I really like him a lot so you know, I think he's going to be big for stopping this run. You know, again, I mean, you have J.J. Watt, who's great at stopping the run, but because I don't really like the other pieces they have, I'm concerned about, you know, if they double-team Watt on the offensive line, if they get to that second level. I, I think the spotlight's going to be on David Collins as a rookie to see if he can be that guy to track down the ball carrier, sideline to sideline, because, yeah, Isaiah Simmons might focus more on being – strictly a linebacker, but I still think he's going to be in coverage a lot. I think he's going to be moved around maybe as a pass rusher, covering even tight end. So, you know, I, I don't know if he's that guy. So it'll be interesting to see Zavin step up as a rookie. You know, from the uh, – in the cornerback room, they turned the page on Patrick Peterson. By the way, we didn't even say on offense. Like, you know, they turned the page on arguably 
the greatest receiver of all time. I guess you can't say that because of Jerry Rice, but fine. If Jerry Rice is number one, I think Larry Fitz is probably number two. So just. I don't know about number two. Why, Randy Moss, someone like that. But Larry Fitz just did it for so long. He did it. You know, he did it in one jersey. I was going to say, he did it in one jersey, but he didn't file his retirement papers yet. So I'm surprised he's not a Patriot yet. But anyway, Patrick Peterson, you know, they turned the page on him. Uh, Drake or Patrick gone too. So they bring in Malcolm Butler. They have Byron Murphy. I'm concerned about this cornerback room. I like Byron Murphy. I'm, I'm actually a fan of him. They brought in Malcolm Butler, too, who I think is kind of at this point overrated. Yeah, he is. He had a good year last year, though, actually. Butler. He was all right. He did okay. He yeah. peaked. I mean, at, the year after he had, obviously, just like the greatest interception in Super Bowl history uh, against the dopes of the week for throwing that ball on the one-yard line, uh, maybe that's why he went so run-heavy, Pete Carroll. But, you know, I think the year after that interception, Malcolm Butler had a really strong year for the Patriots. And then he got super paid by the Titans, uh, had a rough first year, had a better last year, but he's still not – he's not a number one corner to me. Got benched in the Super Bowl. Did get benched in the Super Bowl. That's right. Something – we'll never hear that story. We'll never know what happened there. Yeah, he said he went to a Fat Joe concert the night before, and Bill Belichick said, all right, you're sitting on the bench for this one. Oh my God, Billy! Oh, yeah, something like that. Something stupid. That's brutal. Listen, too. They should have put him in. I, I think he can soak up some snaps. And yeah, I like Byron Murphy. I just, I, I'm, I'm not seeing that alpha number one corner to go against, uh, you know, a DK Metcalf or even a Tyler Lockett for that matter. Or you know, 49ers have a lot of weapons and. You know, I, I'm worried about this corner room. I, I think they needed more help here in the draft, and they didn't get it. Yeah, the, the corner room is definitely not the greatest. Um, but neither is the safety room. I mean, I like Buda Baker. He's good. I think, I think you're going to see three safeties playing on the field for this team. I think that's the plan here. Because um, they signed a bunch. They have Buda Baker, uh, Jalen Thompson, Deontay Thompson, and Sean Williams is there now, too. Plus, they, yeah. they're saying Chris Banjo's going to play snaps, too. But I don't, I don't really like those players after Buda Baker. Buda Baker is an underrated player. He's been uh, a pretty strong free safety for them. But I, I, I think those names, that strong safety you just mentioned, or even that third safety spot, it's just a bunch of bodies to me, and they need them. But they're not very talented. And <clears throat> listen, you have Chandler Jones. Maybe Watt stays healthy and can get after the quarterback. But if, uh, if at any point, if you're lacking getting after the quarterback, I just I don't think the secondary has what it takes to get off the field, honestly. They're definitely not one of the better secondaries in the league, but I think they can hold their own. Uh, they're definitely better than Seattle. So, oh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're probably – I mean, there's a lot of teams in the league that probably are a lot worse situations than this. I mean, Buda Baker is – I think he's the highest paid state. Oh, now it's uh, – the safety from Denver, I think, now. But. Oh, Justin Simmons is going to be, yeah, he's the number one paid safety now. Buda Baker is definitely one of the better talents at this position in the league, but he's definitely a box safety. He's a tackling machine. He leads the league in tackles for safeties every year at this point. Um, but I think you're going to see Sean Williams on the field. Uh, Malcolm Butler is probably definitely not an upgrade from Patrick Peterson, even though Patrick Peterson is a little older now. Two different style corners. I'd Very different. Yeah. 
Um, Robert Alford's just not doing it for me. So, is he still uh, on the team? Did they resign him? Yeah, he's there again. Oh, I thought he was gone. Sorry. Right. Well, I mean, at least that's another body that they need. It's somebody else that they picked up. You know, I, I want to say though, as yeah, we dinner, that, that was the other one that they picked up. But he's an unproven uh, player. He's been in the league for quite some time now, but. Former first round pick. Uh, I was going to say he's got the pedigree, but you know we'll see. I, but I think to wrap up the defense, you know my concern is not just the skill level in that secondary and the depth on that defensive line, but you know we talked about how many plays the Cardinals run on offense, and I think when you do that, you know you're it's very possible you're getting off the field quick or scoring quick. They they could do both of those things and. I think it puts your defense on the field for more snaps. And I think that puts them in a pretty difficult position. I think they that's why they really focus on speed and agility on the defense because they're going to have to play a lot of snaps. That's why you have a Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. And, you know, but I just, it's just a little bit of a philosophy thing. I like what they do on offense, but it does scare me for the rest of the team as a whole uh, for the position you put them in. It's also, they have a cornerback. Picasso, so let's not forget about him. Well, you know he'll be all over the place. Wow, that was just a terrible dad joke. We'll edit that one out. Fine, leave it then. All right, well, listen, I I think that's the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are an interesting team in that I really think, you know, depending on health and a few other things, I think they could finish anywhere in this division from first to fourth. I I think their floor is there that – you know, I'm not going to say the bottom's going to fall out, but I could see them not having a strong season. But I could also just see them blowing the roof off the joint. And there's a path for them to finish first. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Niners are too talented. And I think Stafford, if he stays healthy, man, woo, look out for those Rams. And we're going to talk about those two teams on our next episode. But the Cardinals have a chance here to do something special. Yeah. And this is this, what I'll say here is, Listen, the Seahawks have what the Seahawks have. Like I said, they kind of remind me of the San Antonio Spurs. They're Super Bowl or NFC champions or bust. So their defense is still atrocious. So they're depending on Jamal Adams tremendously to upgrade that defense. That's what the Seahawks are. The Niners are a mystery because their quarterback situation is – we don't know what's going to happen there. Oh, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to talk about it the next episode. And then you have the Rams who – Let's face it, Matt Stafford is definitely an older quarterback. Uh, We know what he's capable of, but you still just don't know. Now you have the Cardinals, who you do know what their offense is going to do. Their defense just got better. Um, They're probably one of the faster defenses in the league. with A lot of speed. A lot of speed on their defense. So I'm excited for this team more than I'm excited for any other team in the division. And the, if the pieces fall the way they're looking to be, I have this team projected to win the division. I know it sounds crazy with, with the other teams that are in here. This is definitely the most exciting division in football, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, All four uh, of these teams can win the division. Yeah, maybe it'll make that 4 o'clock slate for us East Coasters a little more exciting. So, spoiler, you already know who the Gridiron G has winning this division. It's the Cardinals. I'm not going to say mine yet. I'm going to wait for the next episode. Definitely going to the Cardinals. I knew the Niners were going to draft Trey Lance. I called that one early, and I know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. So I'm going to talk about that on the next episode as well. 
So DJ Beth coming in there. Yeah, he's, you know, that guy ruined my Survivor League one year. I picked the Raiders to beat them. I said, this guy can't possibly win. And he he beat them. Wait, Thanks. Wait a second. No, it was Nick Mullins. Yeah, it, it was Nick Mullins. You're right. It was Nick Mullins. First start on Monday Night Football, and I lost Survivor in like week 12. Well, this podcast isn't surviving the night. We're going to end it here. We're going to come back with the Niners and the LA Rams to finish out the NFC West. Uh, Seahawks fans, Cardinals fans, or Germany fans, or anyone else that's listening in, hit us up. Instagram at New Age Footballers on Twitter at NA Footballers. We'll see you next week as we close out the NFC West and we out. Peace.